0: Hi guys and welcome back to the podcast, Um, episode 8 I think. I'm really, really happy to see the response um, from the last podcast. I got quite good feedback from both Um, friends, family and a couple of Instagram messages from a few people who have just tuned in for the first time and thought, you know what, my rambling's actually done something for their fitness or they've just enjoyed the sound of my dreary, albeit a little bit posh voice. So I'm glad that I've been able to help in whichever way is possible. Today I wanted to talk about a couple of things, um, the perfect gym snack, uh, what's my top three exercises to do in the gym, and differences in time and periods of training, so whether it's useful to train at 5am, whether it's useful to train at 7pm, that sort of stuff. So without further ado, and getting straight into it, um, I've been asked on Cora what is the perfect gym snack, and I, I don't think there is one. I mean... I personally prefer fruit just before I'm training. So I'll have like an apple about 30 to 40 minutes before training. Um, if it's like cardio, if it's something where I know I'm going to be quite bored, I might have a protein bar. So I'll aim for something between, or something that has between 20 to 30 grams of protein. Uh, it, it, it really does depend. Now, research suggests that some people do better when they're unfasted. So, for example, if you're doing cardio and you do fasted cardio, so you don't have anything before your training session for the whole day, um, that might be more useful for people training in the morning. I don't know. Um, it's worked for me in the past when I was trying to shed some body fat, but that's not necessarily what I think is healthy for everyone. I think it's best to find a food which you enjoy. I, I'd say it's best to find something that you you know you can use um, or you know you can digest rather quickly and then go from there. Because at the end of the day, it's your training session, it's your body, and you know exactly how you're going to respond. I would always advise, go, advise sorry, going to something light. I would never say, okay, well, do X, Y, Z. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, because everyone's body is different, and everyone responds differently to different foods. So, personally, whether it's a protein bar, whether it's bread, I know Team Sky, the cycling team, have touched upon this in the past in one of the documentaries, that... Um, before, they used to, well, not before, not Team Sky, but I can't remember who it was, said that he used to have um, jam sandwiches about maybe an hour or two before going out on a ride because the carbohydrates and the sugar would literally just keep him fueled for those good six hours that he'd be on the saddle. And, yeah, I mean, for some people it could be as simple as having a jam sandwich or four jam sandwiches. For some per, For some of you it might be having a bit of pre-workout, whether that's your own solution that you've created or one made by Optimal Nutrition or PhD or whoever, or it could just be a fruit, like how I like. I like to have a bit of apple before I train. gives me a bit of an extra kick, like I mentioned in the last podcast, and I'm off to the races. (laughs) So it it really does depend. The second question um, was, what are my personal three top exercises to do in the gym? Now, I think this is a good question because, once again, everyone's different. Once again, it varies for me on a day-to-day basis. Am I feeling like I want to train something specific or is there a body part that I don't think is necessary to touch on that day? How am I feeling? How much sleep have I got? But I'd say generally, the number one exercise for me is a high, um, high bar back squat. So by high bar, I mean placing the bar just above your traps, so you're at the upper end of your traps, making sure that the bar is nice and rested and is quite stable, and then going into a very good squat position. So um, taking a sharp intake of breath. Like I was taught by uh, Mish. At Train of Mish on Instagram. She's wicked. Um, and then really settling down into the squat. Going for as much depth as possible. As your body allows. My depth happens to be quite good. But you don't have to go to that range of motion. And the reason I save a high bar back squat. Is really good for building muscle. Now. Because I'm a runner, I alternate between, um, like, a massive running season, which is actually really quite short, and then a the slight gain in phase. Now, I don't aim to gain superb amounts of muscle. I don't aim to put on, like, 40, 50 pounds at a time. I'm not a bodybuilder, and whilst I use some of their methods, and I think that they're fantastic athletes, that's not what I'm out here to achieve. But the high rep, or the high bar back squat, sorry, it provides everyone... With the assistance that we need to gain muscle, it targets the central nervous system, so activates all pathways. And also, I find it fantastic for developing uh, strength from the hamstrings when done correctly. You really feel like your quads and your hamstrings are on fire. <laughs> I, there's not another way to say it, and I, I personally think it's the best exercise for building muscle. I think it's the best exercise for getting into shape. Not everyone can do it. So if you can't do a high bar back squat, I suggest trying to squat with a um, a kettlebell, doing a goblet squat, performing whatever type of squat you can. And if you can't squat, then look for alternatives. Look for the leg press where there's still a pushing motion, where you're pushing and engaging the hamstrings and engaging the quads and engaging the glutes to build that maximal muscle. Simple. Um, My second favourite exercise, and this is a very personal one, a bit controversial, but it's a box jump. Now, as a runner, and as someone who's also dabbled in sprinting very, <laughs> very, very mildly, um, when I find that whenever I'm looking to increase my speed or my power output from a static position, the box jump is absolutely essential. You generate so much force from your heels all the way through your glutes and into a spring motion on top of a box. It, it requires technique, it requires power, it requires strength. But it just requires application at the end of the day. And I personally love to do it. Most of my clients do box jumps. I mean, most of them are runners. A few are general population. And there's a couple of muscle building athletes as well. But yeah, most of my clients will do it. Because one, it generates strength in the glutes and in the hamstrings. But two, it also generates speed. And when you're in a race or when you're in a training phase, for example, going on a tempo run, You really, really want to be able to increase your speed, increase your power output, so you're generating more force per stride. You don't want to be taking tiny, tiny steps going on a tempo run because you won't be able to keep up at a, or in my opinion, at a sufficient pace to continue a race or to finish it. Even going for something such as um, an an explosive bar squat, when you're pushing up, I mean, that's a, that's a great alternative, I think, but I think it complements it quite well. When you're pushing up from the ground, you want to generate as much force as possible so that when you're at a standing position, once again, your back is straight, everything is in alignment, and you've executed the movement correctly and with enough power to build muscle development. I think the box jump is not only... I wouldn't say it, it assists that movement, but I say it's a great precursor or a great movement by itself. And lastly, I'd say that the pull-up is my probably my third or second favourite movement. Um I mean it's a great upper bodybuilder. Massive upper bodybuilder. You can build great density in your back. Um I've seen guys in the gym who didn't start doing pull-ups for years. Now they're doing pull-ups and their back is absolutely massive. It looks really, really thick. Um but the pull up is also great for correcting imbalances. So I myself personally most of you don't know this, but back in February I had quite a few imbalances in my back. Um, I was focused on just doing rows, so lots of pulling movements. I didn't do a few I didn't do enough push movements, so push ups, bench, that sort of stuff, overhead press. When I started to incorporate them, I found that yes there was more balance, but then because I had lagged or um, flunked away from doing pull movements, I thought what can correct this? And by doing pull ups, it allowed me to regain all the strength in my back. Gain a lot more muscle, (laughs) a lot more muscle. Like I said, I went from work £148 to 162 Pull-ups were very core of that. And I felt stronger, you know. So when I did Tough Mudder, and the Tough Mudder half about three weeks ago now, I was able to climb over objects with ease because I'd been putting in that work with the pull-ups day in, day out. Um, So yeah, I think that answers that question. And the last question that I'm going to answer today is, is there any difference between going to the gym at 6am or going to the gym at 6pm? Now, I know it sounds a bit like a blanket answer, but it really does come down to your preference, to be honest. So, do you prefer to train early in the morning? Are you committed to getting out of bed at 4.30, 5am in order to make a class, in order to occupy the squat rack first? Like These are the things that you've got to think about when you're looking at your training times. I mean, can you consistently get to the gym at 6 AM every day for two, three, four, five days a week, six, seven days a week? Are you that committed to getting up at that time? I'm not saying that you can't be committed if you get up at another time or if you choose to train at an alternative time, but is that really what you um, is that really what you want to be doing or are you just doing it for Instagram to show people that you're up early and that you're able to train at that time? Think about it. You know, do you want to go to the gym when you're likely to have a free running machine? maybe 9pm, nine 9.30pm, 9 10pm 9 PM, or 6am in the morning depending upon how busy your gym is in your local area. I mean it, it really does depend because there are benefits to training at either time and for the general personal, even for athletes, I would suggest listening to your body. So if you're feeling run down in the morning and it's 5am but you know that you've got a dra- a um, a draining training session, for example you're doing high rep back squats or higher lunges around the gym in order to build glute tissue. Do you feel like you can consistently do that? Or do you feel that you'll be prepared for the rate of perceived exertion? Are you going to be able to give it your best? Or would you be best prepared by going to work, waking up a little bit later, going to work, and then hitting the gym in the evening, maybe about 7pm when the gym started to quieten down? Quiet them down? It, it just depends. Now, for competition athletes, it's a little bit different. Because at the end of the day, you're striving for a slight, well not slightly higher level, you're striving for a higher level than your average Joe. You're looking to get that extra edge, you're looking to get that extra pound of fat off, you're looking to get that extra increase of speed, you're looking for just that mental edge sometimes. And so for you, for a person out there who's listening, it really, really does depend upon what, one, your coach says, but two, what your training program or routine suggests. You know, if you're doing training sessions twice a day, yeah, definitely. 6am can be very beneficial. Because if you're hitting the gym at 3pm, 3 3 sorry, you want to get in early, you want to do a push session, and then you want to do a pull session later. Or alternate between legs or arms or cardio versus resistance training. But for the general person, I I really don't think it matters. It's, It's, yeah, it really doesn't matter. But guys, that's all those are all the um, questions that I wanted to answer today. I'm going to try and get a couple of new guests onto the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Um, we've got some exciting things in the pipeline for the pod, so stay tuned. Thank you once again for listening to Your First Mile, and I'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye.